You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Spondylolisthesis is a condition in which one bone in your back, your vertebra, slides forward over the bone below it, according to WebMD. In most, uh, it most often occurs in the lower spine, and in some cases this may lead to your spinal cord or nerve roots being squeezed. This can cause back pain and numbness or weakness in one or both legs. Causes include trauma, degeneration, tumor, and birth defects. And joining us to talk about his experience with spondylolisthesis is Scott Roberts, who joins us from California. Scott, thanks very much for doing this. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. Glad to be here. Now, when did you find out you had spondylolisthesis? I found out in 07. I had been having a great deal of pain in my back. I uh, went to the doctor. They did x-rays. Um, my prognosis was... Uh, paralysis. Um, it was not good. My spondylolisthesis was severe, uh, worse than uh, most that they had seen. So my prognosis was not good at all. In going through this, this torture, if you will, um, I became addicted to opiates. Painkillers were a major part of uh, trying to get through this, trying to trying to relieve myself, it, it was really quite a struggle to let go of the opiates. With cannabis oil and also kratom, uh, I was able to do this completely and, and totally. Uh, I haven't been on any opiates in over five years. Um, Scott, before we get into I, the, the cannabis, I just want to say, prior to doing this interview, I had never heard of spondylolisthesis, and in reading about it, uh, it's graded from one to five. And yes, the, gra- the grades are determined based according to the percentage of slip of the vertebra compared to the neighboring vertebra. Now, grade one is a slip of 25%, then it goes on, and grade five occurs when the vertebra has completely fallen off the next vertebra. Where were you yes. on this scale? I'm, I'm at grade five. Actually, um, L5 had deteriorated. Approximately a third of L5 is just gone. And in bits and pieces uh, n- near the vertebra, uh, it actually has my spinal cord in a guillotine position, if you will. Um, I've been to several chiropractors that have helped me reset it so that it's not as bad. I find that uh, their help is much better than any other healthcare I've found. So when you say it's in a guillotine position, does that mean that if something happens, it can actually sever your spinal cord? Yeah, that was my prognosis, absolutely. And the chiropractors managed to adjust you to the point where... Yeah, they, go ahead. Correct. They manipulate it to a point that it's not that bad. Um, since I've 
moved for, uh, I moved from Chicago to San Diego. I am a medical marijuana refugee. Had all kinds of issues back there. I was trying to get off of opiates. I started growing my own. Of course, I ran into trouble there. Um, I ended up leaving Chicago quite quickly and going to San Diego because here I can legally get my medicine. Here I can legally grow my medicine. So uh, it's a very passionate thing for me to help others because I don't want to see anyone do what I had to do. I, I had to uproot my whole family, walk away from my home. I left everything behind. Uh, we came to California with the clothes on our back, you know, it, it, and by the grace of God alone, we actually found a place to live here when we got here. So uh, it's been a tough road. The oppression of, of cannabis is just uh, ridiculous and absurd. So that's where I stand with that. I'm very passionate about what I do and, and about helping others because I've been there. I know how it feels. Scott, that had to be incredibly painful. Oh, yes, it was. There was times that I would be laid up in the bed for a month and never be able to get up. Going back to moving to San Diego, you know, I live in the desert. I moved from Chicago to, to the desert. Uh, today, it's going to be 105 with a humidity of around 7%. This helps me extremely. Uh, moving here, getting off the opiates, using cannabis oil, being able to get my medicine as I need. I've actually lost 100 pounds. I moved here weighing almost 300 pounds. I'm at 288 today. Uh, so I, I'm wow. very happy and pleased. Yes. Uh, which has helped my condition immensely. Immensely. No I, I don't go through any of the pain that I used to. Scott, how much did you weigh? Uh, I, I was right around uh, 300 pounds, 290 pounds. And what do you weigh today? 288. Oh, I'm sorry. 188. Excuse me. I'm used to saying this. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought, boy, he's only lost about 12 pounds, and he claims he's lost. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm at 188 today. I, I'm used to saying the 200. I've said 200 pounds since I was 15 years old. So, wow. Uh, today I'm at 188 pounds and, and much better shape than I ever was before. I, I certainly don't have the pain I used to. Yeah, I can imagine packing around an extra hundred pounds. That would be uh, that would be very difficult. Wasn't for yeah, I wasn't always like that. My normal weight through life has been around two fifteen. Uh, after I was disabled, I really shot up with the opiates and everything else. I, my my weight really, my health really suffered because of that. Scott, when did you first start using cannabis, and how did you end up doing that? Well, that's a story within itself. Uh, I started using cannabis. I was 18 years old. First time I smoked pot, I said to myself, this stuff is wonderful. There's nothing wrong with it. I think people are lying to me. I swear that was my first thought. I, I couldn't believe that people were against this, this wonderful plant. And at 18 years old, I was living just outside of Chicago. I found a hemp field an industrial hemp field. It was about 10 acres of hemp. Of course, I went crazy. I couldn't believe what I had found <laughs> and started gathering as much as I could. So uh, after I let it dry out and did everything I was supposed to, it didn't really give you a head change. There was no effect. Yes. And when I bought a book, it was a paperback book on how to make hash and hash oils. And I was 18 years old when I first made my first batch of cannabis oil from, from grain alcohol. 
out of hemp. And I can tell you right now, that oil did the trick. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes, it did. It absolutely did. Uh, there was enough THC. And now I was 18, very young. So my tolerance wasn't very, very high. But that oil did the trick and it made everybody happy. So I've been making oil now for 25 plus years. Um, I didn't discover that it cured cancer until my mom she got uh, skin cancer, and I was just beside myself, and I started researching and looking, and come to find out this oil that I've been making for all these years, this man Rick Simpson started making it, and this cured, at that time, I seen uh, running from the cure, he had cured over 5,000 people with this oil, so I said, I've got to try this, and uh, my mom, she's in the, you know, what I call an extreme Christian. It took me a long time to convince her that this is, you know, if anything, this is a God-given plant. It was provided for us. At least look at it logically. It was provided for us, and and we can build from there. Um, but finally, I got her to use it, and it took all of the cancer out of her. After that happened, uh, I started helping other people, and uh, I've been doing it now almost a decade, and I have cured cancer with that oil more times than I can remember now. How did your mother use it? Did she ingest it or apply it topically or a combination of both? She applied it topically. It took her about 30 days. The cancer finally came to like a boil mm-hmm. and she was able, it burst and came out of her. I know this is very gross. I go through a lot of this with patients. Um, and it finally come out and, and completely healed. There's hardly even a scar today. It was actually on her face. So she, she was very blessed that it didn't leave a scar even. Uh, one of the great things about cannabis is it heals all the cells around it. It doesn't just attack certain things, but it heals those things that are around it too. So, of course, it made the skin look better. Of course, it, it heals scars better than anything else does. At my house, it's a common practice. Uh, my boy, he skateboards. Uh, so it's a common practice for us to to rub these on our skin, knees and elbows and everything. And it heals faster than anything I've ever, ever applied to a, an open sore. When the cancer um, came out of your mother's uh, face, Scott, was was it very large? It was. It, it got to be about the size of a half dollar. Um, as it was coming out, it actually got larger. I've dealt with a lot of patients now, and I find that the cannabis oil goes into your body, and obviously it's collecting free radicals that are floating around, plus destroying any other mutated cells, not to mention it regulates your hormones and does so many other things. But I found that when people first start to acclimate to taking the oil, because I have an acclimation process for people, um, when they first start to acclimate to the oil, they're going to find that they have a, a most people have large amounts of diarrhea. Uh, some people even wake up in the middle of the night, you know, and their sheets are soiled. Uh, what's going on is is the cannabis is actually going to work to strip your body full of any pollutants within it. Yeah, it's kind uh, of another a detox. Thing that, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Another thing that people call me and tell me, you know, I, I don't know why I'm getting all this mucus. And it's obvious the the, the lymph system has went to work. It's cleaning out your body. It, it, you know, the cannabis has uh, made the system work optimal. Uh, so it goes to work. And the third thing is boils. People tend to get boils, especially when it's uh, a skin cancer or a tumor close to the surface. 
the oil will bring on boils. So there is a detoxing, a cleansing that goes through the body. I would have to say within the first seven days, this is massive. Within the first month, it'll start to subside. I guess one of the things, too, is that when people go through this uh, uncomfortable period, they some people would automatically quit and back off and say it doesn't work. Do you ever have that? Yeah, I really that it really frustrates me, and it is one of the reasons why that I work so hard to acclimate people with small amounts first. I, I want to get people acclimated. People that have cancer that are stage four that come to me in, at the end of their life, I, I, it, they have no time to acclimate. I tell them, you're just, just plainly, uh, plan on being bedridden the next seven to ten days. Just just plan on it because um, there's no time for the, some of those people. I get people that come to me that's had several rounds of chemo, are stage four, and I'm their last resort. When I have patients that are doing both chemo and oil, you automatically have to double the oil, automatically. Number one, the oil has to continue to combat the cancer. Now you have to take more oil to help clean up the chemo and the damage it does. I really don't like being in that situation. I love it when I get people that say, and I'm starting to get people like this. Believe it or not, there are a lot of Amish folks that are starting to use oil and they have nothing for Western medicine. Uh, and so I get people that have never been touched by chemo and the results are amazing in comparison, in comparison. Yeah. I always tell so, people when people come to me, I always tell them when they haven't had chemo or radiation, I say, congratulations, you've just upped your chances by about 30%. I would say even more than that, Corey. Yeah. I, I really would. Yeah. Um, I've had patients that, you know, uh, were in hospice, were actually in hospice and got up three days later and left. So I, I know that this stuff is, it's a miracle drug. I don't call it a drug, excuse me. It's a medicine. Drugs are what you get from doctors. This is a medicine. It truly cures the ailments that people have. That's a bit of a shock, isn't it? You're in hospice, and uh, three days later, you walk out and say, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's a fantastic exactly. story. Yes, yes, it is. It is. Well, I remember and when... I, I, sorry, you go I'm, ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Corey. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember when I was going through this back in the day, and uh, of course, I had two to four months, and then I got clear of cancer, and I'm like... Shit, I have to buy Christmas presents because I wasn't <laughs> counting on being around, you know? <laughs> that's that, that's got to be a feeling. I, I just can't even, I can't put myself in those shoes. I, I, I can't comprehend that. But it's got to be such an overwhelming uh, gift to have that second chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it really must be yeah. amazing. And I get to witness it through other people. You know, I, I, I've seen it, so I, I'm thankful for it. But, yeah, I, I'm very glad that you beat cancer, too. Oh, thank you. Scott, I wanted to ask you about your spondylolisthesis, and how yeah. how is it today? I've had a 100% turnaround, complete and total turnaround. Um, first and foremost, I have to tell you both, first and foremost, I thank God above for giving us a plant that can help us with these things. Number two, he gave us the knowledge to understand how to use it. It's been oppressed from mankind for, what, almost 100 years now. So I, I'm very thankful 
to have it, and it has helped me immensely with my spondylolisthesis and my opiate addiction that the doctors caused. How was how difficult was it for you to get off those painkillers? And how many were you on? Well, I was on Dilaudid. They were shooting me up mm. with Dilaudid. Dilaudid is pharmaceutical heroin. Oh yes, I've <laughs> there, been, it, I've been there. And uh, Dilaudid and Soma was my best friend uh, for quite a while. I'm not a person that can be enslaved. I'm just not. I quit cigarettes because they absolutely aggravated me. It, it tormented my mind. I got to go get cigarettes. I got to go get cigarettes. I got to do this. I'm not a person that can be under anything like that. And once I realized that this thing had an effect on me, it actually had a hold on me. I fought tooth and nail to get off of it. I started researching, trying to find other things. I hope you all have an understanding of what Kratom is today. Uh, do you know what Kratom is? I, I do just because I Googled it, but I'm sure our listening audience, does. most of them probably don't. So if you could get into some detail, that would be great. Kratom is Thank you, commonly, it's a topical evergreen tree in the coffee family native to Southeast Asia, where it is being used in traditional medicine since at least the 19th century. How's that? You're well educated. That is correct. Very well. No, I just, I just, I just, he just googled that. But he does his homework. Well, before you were uh, inquisitive, now you're well educated. Uh, Yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, It's known to take the needle out of a heroin junkie's arm. That's how potent it is. DEA tried to make it illegal last year, but they didn't have enough evidence to stand up in court to for their case, so they couldn't. They made a big scare for people. Uh, it's starting to sweep the nation right now as a benefit for uh, heroin junkies. Uh, it, it really is helping. It plugs in. It is a alkaloid. Us humans are continuously chasing alkaloids. They are the things that give us the head change that we appreciate so much. The alkaloids in this particular thing, Kratom, it is related to coffee. It uh, is a pain blocker, much like opiates are. Uh, rather than making you nod off, uh, a lot of the Kratom will actually give you energy. Uh, so it's great for patients that have pain, fibromyalgia, different things. Um, it's great for those people, along with cannabis, of course. One of the great things about, about Kratom is it is actually helping people fight opiate addiction. It plugs into the same receptors as opiates, although it plugs into these same receptors, it does not have the addictive effect. Like you said, it's related to the coffee tree. It has about the same addictive principles as caffeine does, uh, which isn't that bad. Caffeine's not a big deal. But having said that, a person can wean themselves off of an opiate addiction very easily with Kratom. Did you use Kratom and cannabis uh, together or separately? Absolutely. I have to say, you know, once you open the the door of euphoria for something like Dilaudid and Soma, you're going to chase that for the rest of your life. I don't care who you are. You've already opened the door. You know what it feels like. It's like saying I'm going to go to an amusement park and ride a roller coaster and be thrilled with that ride, but yet I'm never going to ride it again. You know, it's, it's the same thing, except much more addictive, of course. It really, it really is a, uh, I, I hope that everybody that's listening and knows someone with a heroin problem or an opiate problem will go out and research this for themselves. Of course, there is, it does have a bad rep. Some people are trying to uh, get high with it over and beyond what it would be used for. And they're having 
uh, uh, ended up having overdoses, not overdoses that kill you, overdoses that make you deathly sick, like throwing up and such. Uh, so you will find negative posts about it online. But for the most part, people that use it responsibly that are trying to beat an addiction are able to beat their addictions with this product. Scott, tell me about your cannabis use today and how much you oh, take and I, what form you take. Well, I, I smoke cannabis all day long, all day long. I buy a pack of papers every two days. There's 32 papers in a pack. If that gives you an idea of my use. Yeah. Um, Corey and I were just kind of saying, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but you've probably got quite a tolerance I, I, for it as well. Oh, yeah. My tolerance is through the roof. Uh, I eat 100-gram edibles, and uh, the most it does for me is make me forget to smoke. Did you say you eat 100-gram edibles as opposed to milligrams? Yes, 100 milligram. I'm sorry, 100 milligram edibles, which in this, you know, for most people, I mean, they do have stronger edibles, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can eat a 100 milligram edible and basically it just makes me forget to smoke. Scott, before we went on, uh, started recording, we were talking and about growing and your KISS program, as you call it. It's not really my program. It's it's been Keep around it for a long time. Yeah. Could you just uh, maybe uh, touch on that a bit and talk about, you know, just some of the main things to be aware of if you're trying to grow a plant? For a newbie, for someone that's just starting, this is what I recommend. Fabric pots, five-gallon fabric pots, a soilless, soil-less medium, such as cocoa fiber. Uh, one of my favorite products is Sunshine uh, Pro Mix number four. Um, they have many different uh, brands uh, that are similar to it, but that just happens to be my favorite. And I also use uh, General Hydroponics Organic line of nutrients. Uh, when you use an organic nutrient, it's extremely hard to kill your plant with it. Uh, you also no longer have to pH. Um, it makes it so much easier for the new grower. If you use all the right things and stay within the guidelines, uh, it's very easy to grow and uh, actually get a good harvest. There are many little tips that I could give. Uh, you know, there's things about, about cannabis. Cannabis, it loves to be saturated and then dry completely out. Uh, we know how to water by the weight of the plant. When we pick the plant up, we can say, oh, the plant's dry or, oh, the plant needs more water. There's many little tips and such that I can help people with. But for the basics, I would say, you know, if somebody was going to run out today and, and, and get started growing, I would say go get a soilless medium, such as some sort of coconut fiber, use fabric pots, and use the general hydroponics organic line. Uh, they have a go box that has all the ingredients in it. It's very specific instructions on how to use it. Uh, also, join a grow form. Grow forums are awesome. You can go on and post pictures of your plants and say, you know, I'm having this issue or that issue. This is where I started at, is helping people on grow forums. I did that for several years. I don't have time to now. Otherwise, I would still be doing it. But that would be my pointers for someone starting out as a new grower. Okay, Scott, here's a question for you. I started planting uh, some seeds this year that were given to me. First time. First time and never done it before. Did it in pots outside. They were growing fine until I forgot to water them when we went away. 
for a few days. And they're not doing fine now. But one of the issues that I had is it grew up in kind of a single stem and didn't get that bushy appearance that uh, cannabis plants have. How is that attained? Well, it depends on uh, at what point it was in growth. Um, What months were we talking about here? I guess the weather here was lousy uh, in June. I started planting them in, I guess, uh, late. Was it May? May or June? Yeah, with with with, uh, yeah, late May, and um, our weather wasn't great for about a month. And yeah, a lot of overcast with with little sun. A lot of overcast can cause them to stretch. It sounds like that's possibly what happened with you. Um, They stretched, uh, didn't really bush out the way you wanted them to. One of the things that can help them to, to, to bush out like you're wanting them to is to manipulate it by cutting the top off. After you've got, say, eight nodes, you know what a node is? Yeah. Okay. After you've got about eight nodes, you cut the top off. You can either clone that top or just eat it. But either way, when you cut the top off, that causes all the side branches to grow up. And that will cause you to have a short beautiful round bush Corey's looking at me when i said when i admitted what a no no <laughs> like you're saying you bullshitter <laughs> is each branch yeah, so when you start a seed and it starts its first branch that's its first node as it grows up it continues to branch each each usually unless it's a clone if it's from a seed you get two branches per node they're symmetrical and they are opposite of each other. If if one node is facing north and south, the next set of nodes will face east and west. Follow me? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. With uh clones with clones it's a little different. You only get one branch per node usually on clones. I don't I don't really even know why that is, but they do grow differently. Oh, that's interesting. That was uh, very good advice. What is your long-term prognosis for your spondylolisthesis? I don't even worry about it no more. Oh, is that right? Does no, it- I, I feel like I'm fully healed of it. I, I just don't even worry about it no more. I haven't had pain in over five years. Really? That is remarkable. Yes. yes. That truly is yes, remarkable. Uh, uh, I went to a chiropractor a uh, couple few different times, and they've helped to readjust me. And I do believe that being by, by being readjusted and losing weight, it has helped me to maintain that. And I don't I don't have pain anymore. My whole eating lifestyle changed when I moved to California. I, I'm telling you, California has got to be the health food mecca. Uh, it just I go to the store here now, and instead of buying a bag of Doritos for you know tortilla chips, you buy a bag of uh, beanitos. They're made out of beans. It's protein. It's wonderful food, you know. And it's the same price. And I can't even get Doritos at my store anymore. They stopped selling them all together, and they I got all this health food stuff. So my whole lifestyle has changed like that. How is your mental attitude now? Ha <laughs> ha! Superb, superb. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, I do take a thing called Camu Camu because uh, I was I was diagnosed also with PTSD. Um, I have anxiety attacks. Uh, you know, I get people asking me all the time. You know, could I get cannabis oil from you for uh, anxiety and such? And I say no, no. That, 
I wouldn't recommend that. I would recommend Camu Camu. Camu Camu is a, sh- uh, a small shrub that grows a citrus-like berry. There is nothing on the planet that has more vitamin C that mankind has found. And I can tell you right now, when I am in the middle of feeling extreme anxiety, I can take a teaspoon of Camu Camu powder and I can literally feel the anxiety peel off of me from my head to my toe within five minutes. It's from the Amazon. I recommend it over anything else when it comes to depression or anxiety. Uh, I would recommend it over anything else because it's automatic. And uh, I mean, it works automatically. There is no head change. Uh, a few women have told me that they get a little flush, uh, you know, like you're blushing. Um, but that's been the extent of it. Now, when I recommend it to a female, I tell her to take half a dose. And that's been working really good. You sweet talker, you. (laughs) (laughs) I have about 30 patients right now that I make oil for. And all of these things come up. The kratom comes up. The camu camu comes up. The cannabis oil comes up. All of these things have their place and have a place for use. Uh, So, you know, cannabis oil is not my only uh, miracle healing substance, if you will in my bag of tricks. No, it is one of the most remarkable medicines on the planet, but it people have to realize that it is not a cure-all. You have to take other things, and you have to eat properly. So many people in I North America so, don't eat properly. That's right. Diet is so important. Most of my patients, uh, I try to talk them into doing a juice fast. It is so important. Uh, juice fasting, you know, it just absolutely detoxes the body. Um, it, it shuts down the digestive system and allows your other systems to work at, a, at an optimal rate. It really is good. And if I can talk them into juice fasting, I usually try to talk them into a 21-day ju- uh, uh, raw food diet afterwards. Diet is so important, especially when you're dealing with cancer. Um, it really is. I also have uh, uh, Lyme patients. And diet really does play into a part with them, too. Uh, I'm starting to learn that uh, I have one particular patient. She takes the oil that's helping her so much with her limes. She was in such bad shape that she was starting to have grand mal seizures from the limes disease. Uh, The oil has helped her with the seizures. It's starting to fight the the, uh, limes disease. But she finds that her diet plays a major role in how she feels for the day, which makes complete sense. You're right when you say diet is key. You know, it's not just the uh, the cannabis oil is nearly a cure-all, but it is not the, you know, diet is, plays such a major part of, of the healing process. Absolutely. Scott, it was wonderful to talk to you. Uh, would you like to say anything in conclusion? Uh, in conclusion, research everything. When it comes to your health, research everything. Um, most of the time there is a home remedy, a natural remedy for any ailment that you may have. So, uh, that would, is what I would say in conclusion. Scott, great to talk to you. We appreciate your time and, uh, it's wonderful to hear that your back issues have corrected themselves and you're, uh, you've lost weight and you're healthy. Hey, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys, and I I appreciate you having me on the radio today. Thanks so much, Scott. Yeah, no problem. Have a good day. 
And if you'd like to help us out at Cannabis Health Radio, if you'd like to help us continue with these podcasts, then go to our webpage. And on the webpage, there is a donate button. Go to the donate button and make a donation. It can be any amount, $3, $300, $30, whatever you want, and whatever you can afford. And we greatly appreciate it. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.